0: Welcome to the 24-Hour Conference on Global Organised Crime podcast from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organised Crime. I'm Jack Megan Vickers. The 24-Hour Conference on Global Organised Crime took place online in November 2020 and was organised by the European Consortium of Political Research Standing Group, the Centre for Information and Research on Organised Crime, the International Association for the Study of Organised Crime, and the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organised Crime. Hundreds of academics, researchers, journalists, and others from around the world gathered together to present and discuss the latest research in organised crime. We've selected just 14 of them for this podcast series, but I would encourage you to head over to the website oc24.globalinitiative.net where you can find recordings of other sessions. In this episode, you'll hear the session COVID Impacts on Organized Crime in Vietnam.
1: Hi everyone around the world. So welcome is the uh, session 10C with focusing on the uh, organized crime in Vietnam during uh, COVID-19. Uh, first of all, on behalf of our groups, I would like to thank you so much for the GI teams and the fantastic uh, volunteer and secretaries teams that support uh, our groups during the preparation. Even though uh, currently we uh, are online, so really interesting the conference slightly. Uh, in in the our our session. Uh, we are focusing on with the uh, five uh, concerns regarding to the covid 19s impacts on organized crime in Vietnam. I will brief, uh, briefly speaking about the transnational drug trafficking first with a couple of slides. And after that, my uh, two colleagues from uh, Pacific Links Found- uh, Foundation, uh, we'll give you some very interesting information uh, regarding to human trafficking and smuggling migrant, and after that, moving with the uh, transnational fraud uh, on the on the cyber crime, and uh, the the next one is the wildlife trafficking will be uh, presented by the doctor Dart, and the last one. Uh, we uh, fan will uh, describe and highlight the cyber security, cyber security threats uh, on the COVID-19 in, in the Vietnam. Uh, before we moving uh, on uh, the specific topic, uh, all guys, uh, audience, uh, if you have any question, uh, maybe two ways you can uh, expose via the uh, uh, chat book first. And second way, if you need to you can uh, raise your hand uh, after uh, uh, all speakers finish uh, their presentation uh, when we moving on the Q&A and I will uh, take the floor. Uh, Otherwise I will uh, read read out your question uh, to uh, each uh, speaker. Uh, Depending on uh, the speaker, uh, but hopefully we around the 10 minutes for per speaker. Uh, for myself, I uh, just only five minutes with the rough up uh, it up, rock trafficking uh, before move on the fifteen minutes for the Luan and justy uh, boy to investigate and uh, share the updated information regarding to the trafficking in persons and smuggling migrants. The rest of speakers will uh, only uh, ten minutes per each, slightly. Yeah, it's very uh, clearly with the outer uh, 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 section with each uh, speaker. I Hopefully, the audience, uh, after uh, presentation, uh, uh, you will give the relevant uh, question for each speaker. And uh, we're happy uh, to share, even though limited time with the 55 minutes, all session, including the QA. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are uh, still uh, keep on uh, uh, contact, even though they finish this uh, conference uh, via the uh, ZI network and we happy to catch up with it slightly. Now I will move on in the, uh, some very briefly information uh, regarding to the, our current project uh, transnational rock trafficking in the Vietnam. Uh, as you may know, the Vietnam's uh, recent years, becomes the transnational hub regarding to illicit uh, Yeah, Vietnam's now not only a destination, and, but also the transnational transit hub uh, among the countries uh, in the South Asia and beyond. Particularly, uh, we share very close border with China and uh, Cambodia and Laos Uh, very close with the golden triangle, therefore we impact directly with the uh, heroin and uh, uh, particularly now with the ice. I mean methamphetamine, ATS, and also the NPS as well. It's a high demand scale, particularly in the COVID-19, when uh, Vietnam is quite successful among the other countries around the world to control the COVID spreading doubt. Perhaps we uh, we're quite successful with the separate two uh, period, uh, the first uh, January and until the April, and uh, we have a nineteen uh, continuous days uh, without uh, 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 community transmission. However, on the other hand, with the with this crime, they never stops, they never sleeps, particularly with the rock. And uh, high demand drugs uh, also push in the supply uh, side from the Golden Triangle uh, to attack Vietnam via Laos, China, and Cambodia. And also, Vietnam now is a manufacturing. Why not? Uh, in in the law enforcement agency in the Vietnam, uh, with the first uh, six months, we uh, arrested uh, more than eleven. 10, uh, 11,000 case with the uh, 15,000 arrest. Uh, we also uh, seizure around uh, 250 kilo uh, of heroin and more than 1.6 tons of ice. It's unbelievable with the, compared with the last year. It's not mean it's a COVID-19, it's not impact directly so on the, uh, the demand uh, drug in the Vietnam. Next slide, please. And here, uh, some is the social network analysis uh, we are using in the, our current uh, project. Sorry, some is the, not really clear uh, in, in, in the slide. But uh, we, uh, we apply the social network analysis into uh, investigate and also make clear the structure of rock trafficking in the Vietnam. Uh, it's, a very, it's, it's, uh, it's threateningly also, we combine with the new data, uh, particularly in the COVID-19 uh, pro- uh, from the January and uh, until July. I mean, we just only focusing on the first half years uh, uh, when uh, Vietnam uh, successfully to control the second wave COVID-19 yeah, slightly. And uh, here we uh, currently I use the uh, Grams uh, script analysis to apply transnational uh, narcotic trafficking in Vietnam, uh, based on theory by the konitz uh, decker uh, for to look for the modus uh, operandi in 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 the Vietnam. Uh, I just only temporarily separate case by case with the four main steps, looking for. Uh, how about preparation, uh, pre-active, actives, and post-actives in among of the uh, that scale uh, Very interesting. Uh, for example, with the uh, the build-up cell uh, proof in the last one in in uh, the preparation, uh, all the rack, uh, dealers uh, investigated by the law enforcement uh, show that uh, they use a, a variety background, even though they. they makes a false document to uh, cross border between the Vietnam, Laos, or Vietnam and Cambodia to deliver the meth uh, and uh, heroin into the Vietnam. Next slide, please. Uh, yes, uh, here's the eye just only uh, visualizing and uh, modelized with the uh, uh, 12 step. Sorry, I don't know why it's very, very blurry, uh, I'm happy to send you again. It's uh, my the presentation after, uh on the via chat book, uh, if uh, someone interested. Uh, in the case by case, we uh, we look for the uh, the first step of prepare budget and also collection financial. And someone will order and deposit maybe in inside, I mean in Vietnam or outside in Laos, Cambodia or China uh, before they make the, uh, they make the agreement between the uh, sale and the, uh, receive uh, before the tech goods. It's one is uh, interesting uh, when we look for uh, this trend uh, in the COVID-19, a lot of record now they move on is the maritime routes. Currently, I'm also the UNODC consultant expert for the maritime global crime, uh, focusing on Western maritime routes. Uh, uh, based on the, uh, the uh, underman Sea and the uh, states uh, we also include in Southeast uh, Sea uh, in order to make clear what is the new modus of friendly rock trafficking they use the uh, sea routes. Yeah, because you know, the COVID-19 very strict in the social, uh, uh, social uh, uh, distancing and also very limited uh, movement Cross borderland. Therefore, even though with the air routes, now they move a lot of case study we collect uh, in, in the maritime routes. Slide, please. And here's a very uh, uh, briefly the, some of the modus operandi drug trafficking now they apply via the dark nets or maritime routes I said before. And also they create international regional connection and very flexible movement. That's why I uh, confirmed that the COVID-19 not really impact with the drug trafficking at all, even though the balloon effect influence. When the law enforcement uh, push very strict on the cross border land, they move on in the maritime line, something like that slightly. Before the move on is uh, my uh, colleagues from Pacific Link. I want to uh, recap of some initial conclusion based on the six months collected data in the COVID-19 uh, in the Vietnam regarding to drug trafficking. Most higher level drug traffickers in the Vietnam operate in relatively small and close criminal syndicate, often deal with uh, companies with the others, the same level. And uh, we also finding, uh, found each wholesale dealer is a free out other sources. They're very flexible to, more than the focusing on one supply network. That's why Vietnam is a really vulnerable target because the share border China, Laos, and Cambodia. All three resource they can put in, and the modus operandi in drug uh, trafficking in Vietnam change over time, place, and form to able to achieve their targets and their activities. That is some is uh, is very in uh, very briefly. With uh, my uh, current data looking for drug trafficking in Vietnam during COVID 19. Now I'm happy to introduce the, uh, it's, uh, my two colleagues uh, from the Pacific Links Foundation with Luan Luong, now the uh, Deputy Director Program. is uh, consulting first responders in Europe working with Vietnamese migrants and list training and developing teaching resources for first respond in Vietnam, and also uh, her colleagues, uh, Tracy Bui, with uh, more than uh, five experience years to implement counter-trafficking program. Take the floor.
2: Um, hello, everyone. Thank you to Hi for a great start to the session, and thank you to the team at AAOSC and Global Initiative for putting together this groundbreaking conference. My name is Christina, and I'm here with my colleague, Juan, and we're both from Pacific Links Foundation. We'd like to talk to you today about the crime of human trafficking and the trends and patterns we have observed in Vietnam. Vietnam is predominantly a source country for trafficking in the world with many women, children, and men becoming victims of labor and sexual exploitation. By official estimates, the majority of trafficking cases are transnational. The trafficking of Vietnamese differ on each continent. In Asia, for example, Women and girls are subjected to sexual exploitation in the form of forced marriages and forced prostitution in China, Taiwan, Singapore, and South Korea. There are also many cases of forced labor and begging of children from rural areas and men from ethnic minorities. In Europe, the situation is very different. There is more labor exploitation, forced labor, and debt bondage of both men and women. women migrant workers from Vietnam are deceived into working in exploitative environments. Women in particular are still susceptible to sexual exploitation from both the smugglers and peer migrants. The map you see on the right is from our report on Vietnamese migration to Europe titled Precarious Journeys. This map details the vulnerabilities and types of exploitation that Vietnamese migrants and trafficking victims are subjected to throughout their precarious journey through Europe to get to the UK. As you know, the WHO officially declared coronavirus a pandemic in mid-March. And since then, Vietnam has officially closed all of its borders, including its borders with China, which thus results in the loss of business across both borders. This loss of business meant a loss of jobs with limited to no work available. It became a prime opportunity for traffickers to lure the victims via job introductions and taking victims across the border through unofficial routes or illegal means. There has also been an increase in social media use by traffickers to lure the victims. It is estimated that over 3,000 Vietnamese migrant workers have returned to Lao Cai province in Vietnam from China. About 100 were potential victims of trafficking, but only 20 were identified as victims of trafficking. Since March this year, 10 trafficking returnees have entered our Compassion House. They were rescued by police and placed in two week quarantine in an outside facility before they entered our long-term shelter. Before COVID-19, many Vietnamese people crossed into China without documentation. And during COVID-19, when the number of factory orders and salaries started going down, the factory owners in China would then call the police to inspect the factory who would then arrest or deport the undocumented Vietnamese Uh, migrant workers, and thus increasing the unemployment rates. Financial difficulties many families face around the world are making people more vulnerable to traffickers' offers of quick cash or false promises of good jobs in other countries. We see this manifested in potential migrants' willingness to pay premium prices to take a safer route to migrate to Europe or elsewhere outside of Vietnam. Right now, people still don't have jobs, so they're just waiting until international flights resume, so they can then migrate. And next one will talk about uh, the uh, Pacific Link Foundation's counter trafficking solutions. So, continue to talk about
3: the Pacific Link Foundation. Uh, Pacific Link Foundation had began in Vietnam to, since two thousand one uh, with two main portfolio: uh, uh, education and counter trafficking. And uh, we run on program and project in 17 provinces in Vietnam and one project capacity building for first responders in Europe. Uh, during social distancing uh, by COVID-19 uh, pandemic, I think it is also a good chance for us uh, to review and improve our program and project, uh, which uh, happened to all of us and our communities. Uh, after SIC 30, 39 and COVID uh, and in COVID nineteen, we must focus on prevention program. Uh, since uh, July until now, uh, we enjoy activities in raising awareness uh, in human trafficking, uh, sex migration, and uh, for uh, in the in the factory for over ten thousand uh, workers and managers, and even uh, over three uh, thousand. A student and uh, the people in community how to find a job safely in uh, COVID nineteen, and uh, the the next we conduct the average events in school and and the markets, especially near the border of China, um, for the people for in the communities, and we conduct the training for the officials and uh, the job seekers in recruitment center, uh, and uh, for. Uh, student uh, uh, in vocational training school so that they can get more information and make decisions better before they want to migrate to other places in Vietnam and abroad. And uh, we also develop the content and the message uh, for outreach and training curriculum. Uh, For Pacific Link Foundation, we are trying to send the key message to community and to individuals as much as possible in different ways and programs with the key message in the COVID. Stay safe and be careful with tricks and traps of traffickers and smugglers. Uh, Next, next please. And also we are talking about reiteration program. We focus on improving activity and services for the survivor and the trafficking victims, especially collaboration uh, with the first responders. We try uh, to work with border guards uh, to provide the care packages to the survivor in the quarantine area uh, with the, our information and services so that uh, we before they, they, they leave for home and we can give them the contacts, our information, so they can contact us after that. Since, uh, since Mark until now, like Krishna just mentioned before, uh, we have provided services for 10 cases uh, in our combustion house the shelter in Laokai near the, China, near the border of China. Uh, we got them from the, the quarantine area from the police and, for, and border guards. For all the victims who went home uh, from the quarantine uh, area, we also have sent a social worker to visit them. This month, we will conduct the training for um, the officials and for the first responder in Lao And even more, um, we're planning to conduct one one, uh, online training for first responder in Europe in January 2021. So in this conference, we have, uh, if you have more concern and want to know more our our information, our program, and even our online training, uh, please contact us. I would like to share and introduce our uh, Passu app. This app is only run in Android uh, version. The app has the user, especially the job seeker, to calculate and make decisions better, uh, our key message to everyone is calculate your your future better. Uh, the free mobile app that help the user the first manage finances effectively, and uh, and they can calculate their prepayment before they decide, and they uh, they can calculate broker fees uh, when they are seeking job. You remember the X thirty nine. So many cases pay a lot of money. Uh, for the trafficker and smuggler for their trip from Vietnam to the Europe from 25,000 to over $40,000. And uh, this app ca- can help the user calculate living costs between where the user currently live and where they want to go to work. And especially uh, our app provides knowledge and skill about human trafficking, forced labor, sex migration, and COVID-19 through the increase watching video, read the article, the news, uh, and we have the passive forum in the app. So that's all uh, we would like to share with you today. We hope that they will you, you be useful for you. You can see more the picture of trafficking and smuggling in Vietnam, S- especially in COVID-19. You can see what we are doing for the issue in Vietnam. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you so much uh, for your uh, presentation, very uh, fascinating yeah, and with update information from the Pacific Link Foundation. And now so, I'm moving on to the uh, quite new topic uh, delivered by the Chang Nguyen, is a PhD candidate, Washada uh, University in uh, Japan. Uh, he's interested in including cybercrime and cybersecurity. As the present, he will be uh, focusing on cybercrime uh, network and transnational uh, computer fraud with the updated COVID-19 impacts in the Vietnam. Take the floor.
4: Hi everybody. Thank you the conference organizer for giving me the opportunity to present my topic today. And my topic is the modus operandi of transnational computer fraud in Vietnam. Uh, Excuse me, have uh, me open slide. Yes, as the next slide, yes. Uh, firstly, we should uh, look through the background of congo uh, computer fraud commission. Uh, actually, uh, computer fraud uh, had attracted attention from scholars, but uh, most of them are centralized in the American and European context. And certain words rules that cyber criminals uh, participating in networks, use various forms of technologies like phones, emails, banking, uh, to defraud generation of victims. And at least there are two types of uh, groups committing uh, cyber fraud. First, technologies place a, more, uh, place a more important position. Second, social ties has a more major role. And it means that our uh, technologies uh, is, is uh, expected to create difference between these groups. So. However, there is not much empirical research on discussing in detail the roles of technology uh, in defrauding cross-border victims of transnational computer fraud especially in the ASEAN situation and is in, uh, in ASEAN Vietnam is regarded one of one one of emerging cyber crime centers is the reason actually a one so that is the reason why I would like to uh, in some mind, the modest awareness of international computer fraud in Vietnam, uh, to focus on the role of technology to defraud the victims. And I hope that my research can contribute to more understanding of of, of Computer Fraud Commission in the Asian agricultural world. And I want to answer the question, how is international computer fraud implemented in the Vietnamese context? Yes. And that means next slide. And to answer the question, I use qualitative approach with case study and interview with investigator. And I want to focus on two certain types of generational computer fraud in Vietnam, including bank card fraud and phone scams. Thematic analysis and script analysis will apply to analyze the data. And the next slide is about the findings of my research. The next slide. Yes, and here is a finding of my research with two certain types, with the modest opportunities of two certain types of generational computer fraud, bank card data frauds and phone scams. And both share much in common. In preparation, cluster must recruit molly moons and follower to set up fraudulent networks. Besides, they also must prepare tools to approach uh, victims' properties and to prevent the detection, the investigation of law enforcement agencies. And at, uh, activity state, they must find a way to cash out money and transfer money to call fraudster And a post-activity state, uh, it seems that uh, they, ve- they were very confident because they, didn't, they often didn't run away immediately after committing crime. So I think that they were very confident. They not afraid of uh, being arrested, being detected by uh, law enforcement agencies. And let me open the next slide. And using bank card data for online purchase uh, is the most popular way to cash out money. Vietnamese fraudsters use uh, stolen bank card data to order high-valuable products on American e-commerce websites and using shipping moons, foreign shipping moons in America to receive products and ship products back to Vietnam. And besides uh, using online, uh, yeah, using bank card data for online purchase, froster uh, also use uh, bank card data to make fake cash uh, to withdraw cash at ATMs or uh, to implement fake transactions through POS terminals. So, uh, and how about the phone scams? Can you open the phone scam? That is that's nice. Yes. And in phone scam network, the network is constructed with two groups, two different groups with two different structures and duties, uh, namely coners and Money moons. They are operated under the management of uh, uh, a board of leaders. So, coners are responsible for operating post scam cones to victims through VOIB systems. And, money moons are in charge of this, uh, receiving money from victims and transferring money to leaders. And, uh, the last night about the discussion. Yes, when discussing uh, international computer fraud networks, I want to focus on two things. The firstly about the position of Vietnam. Uh, the secondly, is where I want to compare the models apparently of, of two certain types of international computer fraud. Firstly, Vietnam, as a regard uh, as a cyber crime center, cyber crime center can become can become an operational base for both domestic and foreign cyber fraudsters. From Vietnam, local hackers could steal bank card data of foreigners with SQL injection techniques. And with these techniques, only small number of local hackers could steal bank card data. However, it consequences consequences very, very serious. One person could easily uh, gain thousands, even millions piece of bank card data then they sell them to other fraudsters on virtual forums. Uh, In phone scams, Vietnam could become an attractive location for foreign fraudsters, especially Chinese or Taiwanese fraudsters to enter and operate a phone scams back to the country. As this uh, case, both offenders and victims are foreigners, foreigner, not Vietnamese. Vietnam is regarded as an a, a, a operational place for them to implement transnational you know, phone scams. Uh, when comparing the models of enemies, uh, bank fraud and phone scam, uh, I found that uh, Chinese you know, computer fraud is an uh, intersection between fraud, technology, and ch- nationality. And technology uh, has uh, impact, big impact on the process of defrauding Cross-border victims, uh, in terms of technological factors, bank fraud is more high-tech than phone scams, and there is strict, very strict correlation between technologies degrees and interaction between offenders and victims. Bank fraud with high tech, with more high-tech degree, doesn't re- request any interaction between offenders and victims, whereas phone scams with lower degrees. Uh, of high tech requires very very strict correlation, bit of strict interaction between offenders and victims. However, it happened through VoIB systems, voice IB systems, not directly, not face to face. So besides, I also for the difference front between Vietnamese offenders and foreign offenders, whereas uh, in using bank card data to for online purchase. Vietnamese fluster uh, uh, at the high levels, keeps the roles of co-actors at the high uh, levels. Foreign, uh, like shipping moons, they always uh, support Vietnamese froster to ship product from America to Vietnam. Whereas in food scams or uh, the networks of FedCast, uh, uh, Vietnamese, uh, the roles reverse. Vietnamese froster keeps the roles at the low or middle levels of uh, inside the networks. So that's, on about my uh, presentation today. And uh, my friend, Huy Phan, will present more about uh, cyber crime and the influence of uh, COVID-19 epidemic. And thank you for your attention. Arigato, master.
1: Thank you. Very interesting information, uh, Chong. And I uh, hopefully, audience can uh, get uh, some information uh, from Chau' uh, presentation, I also share a link uh, is a publication uh, via the journal uh, Crime and Justice. It's a very detailed with the organized there's no structure of uh, computer fraud in the Vietnam. Thank you, Chuck. Uh Now we're moving on. It's a uh, different area in the uh, uh, wildlife trafficking in the Vietnam. Uh, we look for the uh, any difference and any change after uh, wildlife uh, that the commission open uh, public hearing uh, since 2016 with very serious case with uh, uh, renal horns and tiger in the Vietnam. And now the Dr. Ta- uh, Dr. Uh, Nhat from the law school in the Vietnam will share some the new update in the COVID-19 regarding
5: to wildlife trafficking. Take floor. Uh, good morning uh, from vietnam Uh, i'm very uh, excited to uh, see all of you and uh, thank you very much uh, for organizing this conference and provide us uh, great opportunities to see my colleagues uh, all over the world Uh, and thanks so much uh, uh, dr Hai, for encouraging us to join this and um, recently uh, at our law school we Conducted uh, uh, a textbook on uh, uh, wildlife and corruption. Uh, that's why I want to share uh, our initial research regarding this topic to all of you. And first of all, um, I would like to introduce uh, two crimes, uh, so-called uh, wildlife crimes in Vietnam, as. Uh, specified in the latest uh, Criminal Code 2015. So we have two crimes. Uh, The first one is uh, offenses uh, related to wild animals. Uh, And the second article is uh, uh, offenses uh, uh, for the protection of endangered uh, rare animals. And you can see uh, this crime is quite severe, so uh, punishment up to 15 years imprisonment. And in this article, we can see uh, if the offense uh, is committed by an organized group, so the punishment is uh, quite serious up to 10 years imprisonment. And to provide more explanation about these two crimes, uh, I want to uh, note some legislative policies Regarding wildlife crimes in Vietnam, so uh, for two crimes we see uh, them in two chapters. Uh, two chapters. Uh, so uh, the the wild wild animals crime is in chapter nineteen, environmental offenses. So the prosecution is based on the value of animals. So more animals. Uh, more penalties. Uh, And for the uh, article 244, it's on the chapter uh, 18, economic crimes. So it is different from that crime. Prosecution is based on the number of uh, uh, individual animals. So here we see the legislative techniques is that uh, there is no uh, supplementary criminal law regarding environment in Vietnam. Uh, but the uh, Vietnam uses uh, regulations of the government to provide further guidance, such as the list of wild animals. Uh, and the subject of crimes uh, for uh, wildlife crimes are, are both individuals and uh, legal entities. Uh, for the sanctions, compared to other countries, uh, such as Indonesia, we can see the punishment is up to five years but in Vietnam, the sanctions are quite severe, up to 15 years imprisonment. And now I, brought, I would like to provide a brief uh, data regarding the prosecution of crimes uh, in Vietnam. So for most of the cases uh, uh, found in Vietnam, uh, the cases uh, have been handled by uh, administrative procedures because uh, most of the case cases are considered uh, administrative offenses rather than crimes. Uh, So we see uh, last year, um, more than 90% of cases uh, are dealt with by uh, administrative sanctions. For prosecution of crimes, uh, recently we see, uh, as you can see from the data here, uh, since the effectiveness of the uh, latest criminal code, uh, we we see an increase of the number of trials and the number of defendants as you can see here. Mm. And um, for the, uh, in Vietnam now, uh, when we think about the criminal convictions uh, for wildlife crime, uh, most people think uh, the the regime is uh, ineffective. And now I want to highlight uh, several reasons for the ineffectiveness. The first is the criminal policy. Before the criminal code, 2015, so wildlife crimes uh, were considered as uh, not very serious. But now it's it's serious. It's very serious now. Um, And that's... uh, therefore, the penalties in the past were not serious enough. And the law in this area is quite conflicted and insufficient. And for the prosecution, it's very hard to prove the subject of crimes or the incapability of assessing the value or incapability of preserving animals. And the last reason, I think, is the weak law enforcement, including corruption. And here I want to highlight the the cause of corruption and I want to explain more here. So in the world, corruption and wildlife trafficking have been proved to be closely connected. Uh, So corruption can be a key facilitators of wildlife trafficking. and uh, more importantly, uh, so corruption in wildlife trafficking is not just uh, individual individual corrupt, corruption act, but also mostly it's, it's, it reflects corrupted structures, uh, including the criminal justice system and the economic and political foundations. So in Vietnam, uh, five years ago, uh, we, we, we can see the research, very important research by uh, at and Gao, uh they argue that corruption has an important role in facilitating wildlife trafficking in Vietnam. Uh, and uh, in Vietnam, the the organization, uh, so-called uh, WCS, uh, provided uh, some information, some proof regarding the bribery activities in the borders uh, of uh, public officials in Vietnam. And here, uh, I want to highlight uh, some critical actions by the EVN. Uh, is is an organization uh, action uh, to 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 cope with uh, wildlife trafficking. And I want to highlight two first uh, actions: uh, take down leaders of wildlife criminal networks and eradicate corruption in Vietnam. I think uh, these two actions uh, have close connections with uh, with uh, organized crime uh, even though the the, the, the area of uh, the, the issue of organized crime has n- not been uh, clearly mentioned uh, in the Viet- Vietnamese media or uh, in, in relation to wildlife crime as far as I know and for the, the last slides of mine uh, I would like to give uh, some impacts. Of COVID-19 to wildlife trafficking in Vietnam. Uh, so uh, I think it's just an initial observation because the official data of this year has not been released. Uh, and uh, regarding uh, criminal prosecution, uh, so the investigation is not uh, available to us. Uh, and for the relationship between corruption and wildlife trafficking, uh, we have seen uh, no update on this. Uh, that's why we just have a few hypotheses. Uh, Unproved hypothesis as below. So we, we we observe that wildlife trafficking decreases this year because uh, the decrease of spending for most uh, people, particularly the uh, the poor people, uh, and we can uh, and because of the the lockdown uh, in COVID nineteen, the restriction order of gathering so it, it, it decreased the opportunities for us uh, for for trafficking and the decrease of alcohol consumption in vietnam so uh, uh, wildlife animals uh, are used for alcohol so the least of alcohol consumption uh, will decrease the use of uh, wildlife animals and uh, uh, in, in another observation or uh, for the illegal hunting, killing, impacting, transporting, trading animals uh, in Vietnam. So uh, notably, uh, they they remain stable or even increase because uh, because of COVID-19, many people have to to, be
1: up to 30 seconds.
5: okay thank you. uh, uh, Have to foster hunting and killing of animals for their livings, for their earnings. Uh, and for the rich people, so the, their income has not been affected. So they still have good demand for animals. That's why the illegal hunting, killing of uh, animals uh, still remains stable in Vietnam. So uh, uh, this slide is our conclusion. And I hope that uh, uh, we have uh, provided uh, some uh, interesting information for your interest. Uh, thank you all for your attention.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Dats. Uh As I uh, introduced before, it's a wildlife trafficking in the Vietnam since 2016 when the uh, wildlife justice cre- uh, uh, commission in the Netherlands uh, to open uh, uh, public uh, hearing. Uh, and until now, a lot of change. And uh, thanks so much for that update regarding to the COVID-19 impacts in the wildlife trafficking. Thank you so much, audience, and uh, particularly with all the our speakers. Uh, I know we are very limited time, and it is a unique and first ever conference with the twenty-four hour, twenty-four hour, nothing more, nothing less.
0: You are listening to COVID impacts on organized crime in Vietnam. If you'd like to get more information on this topic and the speakers, head over to the conference website, oc24.globalinitiative.net. There you can also find videos of most of the talks, including a number of discussions that are not part of this podcast series. This was the 24-hour conference on Global Organized Crime podcast. I'm Jack Megan Vickers. Thanks for listening.